Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart convenience stores conveniently located all across southern middle Tennessee and north Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At take five, your oil change is faster than you think. Take five, the stay in your car 10 minute oil change. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Save-A-Lot Foods serving Columbia since 1994 is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. What would you do if you ran out of food to feed your family? That's the reality for hundreds of families here in Southern Middle Tennessee, and you can help change that. Front Porch Radio is partnering with The Well Outreach to help feed as many families in need as we can for as little as $30 to provide a week of groceries. Join us for a special live broadcast on September 26th and 27th on Front Porch Radio, or you can give right now to help a local family in need at thewelloutreach.com. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Well, good morning. Welcome to a brand new week of the Tony Basilio Show, where 
somehow we find ourselves already one-third of the way through Tennessee's 2023 football season. Uh, Tony B. taking a well-deserved mental health day today. So in his absence, it'll be Brian Hartman and Bino at your service and taking your calls. I thought the Vols got a much-needed going-away victory uh, where hopefully they work some kinks out of an offense that, to be kind to this point, uh, has been a work in, in pro- progress. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was just in time as they prepare for the resumption of the uh, SEC season Saturday with the arrival of the South Carolina Gamecocks in Neyland. Uh, lots to discuss coming out of the UTSA game Saturday. Some encouraging, some not so much. And we look forward to doing just that with you over the next two hours. Uh, we'll go until 1, and then we're done. So load up the phone lines at 865-200-5402. Uh, because other than taking just a portion of Josh Heupel's presser, uh, it's wild, wild, y'all, today. Brian, hope you're doing well. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bino. Hope you're doing well, too. Uh, I am, and here's what we hope to accomplish today. Uh, of course, I want to get your thoughts on the UTSA game. Uh, also, at the one-third mark of the season, where are you in your thought process about what the balls are and uh, what you think that they can be? Uh, also, uh, the last line I saw this morning, uh, Tennessee was a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, and I, I'm, I, am I crazy, or is that way too many points uh, for this football game. That's uh, a couple of things we got out there. Uh, also, uh, other college football thoughts, NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever else is on your mind, it's all fair game, and you can talk about any or all of that uh, with us, and I hope you will, on the Tony Basilio Show, minus Tony, at 865-200-5402. Brian, I know we've already got a couple of callers online, um, but I wanted to... Uh, kind of run down just my general thoughts about the UTSA game. I heard some of yours uh, early in the Garza Law Firm fifth quarter fan reaction, but uh, I want to throw it to you afterwards to get uh, some of your takeaways and your reaction to anything that that I may say here, and then uh, we'll head to the phones. Um, I, I, again, I know UTSA is not an SEC. C team, and uh, I'm grading on the curve here, and yada, yada, yada. But uh, I, I thought the first half was the best performance of Joe Milton's time as a ball. thought he was very good in every phase. Uh, in the second half and the third quarter specifically, thought he and most of his offensive mates uh, kind of regressed back to so-so Joe. Uh, thought the O-line, for the most part, performed admirably. Uh, led the way for a solid rushing day, as they should have, with a team that that Army had mauled the week before. But I, I thought they also kept the pocket relatively clean most all day. Uh, I thought our receivers did a better job of getting separation and catching everything that was catchable. Um, I also think it's time for Dylan Sampson to be our primary back. I think both Wright and Small are solid, serviceable backs, uh, but Samson has a chance to be special. He's got a nose for the end zone. He's got a home run potential uh, that our other backs just simply don't possess. Uh, I think we need to get him up to speed on whatever protections he's limited in and get the ball in his hands uh, early and often. Uh, defensively, up to tackling was much better than it was against Florida. Uh, I thought we took the ball away, and I thought we lived in uh, – 
in uh, Roadrunner's backfield, which was a, which was good to see. Uh, some intangibles here or, or other thoughts. Uh, uh, obviously, the Vols relaxed too early and uh, started the second half sleepwalking. But I want to give some credit to UTSA for not mailing it in the way we apparently expected them to. I also thought Owen McCallner, third-team quarterback, was very good. Um, I, I, I think we had a letdown, uh, but I also believe they were probably using a little package for him uh, that we were unprepared for, and they were probably playing a little bit backwards from what we prepared for for the left-hander. Uh, but I thought we adjusted fairly well after the first two series that he was in there uh, and then kind of took back control. Uh, I also don't lay our third-quarter laps offensively solely on the offensive unit. I think Heupel and Hosley uh, contribute to our lackluster start in the second half with the way they handled our last possession of the first half. Uh, I don't know what that was. Maybe it was because Joe was a little dinged up. Uh, I don't know what that was, but I don't want to see it again. Because we basically just took the air out of what we were doing, uh, and I thought we kind of di- disrupted our own rhythm there. So uh, it's... Um, those are my thoughts, Brian. So I'll throw it back to you. Do any reaction you have and uh, anything you want to add to that? Well, I want to focus on Dylan Sampson. And he's the latest in a line of players that weren't used down at Florida that somehow blossom after they come back from Gainesville. And you just have to kind of wonder, what if? Gee, what if, what if, what if? And I hopefully, hopefully they've learned that he's got to be used. Hopefully they can coach him up to where he knows the blocking and how to protect the quarterback and not get him killed. And if he's gotten better there, it, there's no reason why he shouldn't play and, and star like you said. Another thing is I notice some people are a little bit angst and upset about a 31-point win against a team you were favored to beat by 21 in a game you scored 45 and gave up 14, and in a game where you shut them out for three of the four quarters. Don't forget that not long ago, just yesterday it seems, that it took it used to take about three games to get 45 points in. So things have been much, much worse. Don't forget where this program came from recently. And South Carolina is... Not very good. That's why the line is 12 points. It's in Neyland at night. And that's why it's over 10. Because South don't don't overvalue South Carolina. They're not good at all outside of Rattler. And it looks like Wells may not play. Bino. Yeah, Brian. I'm, uh, uh, and uh, Vegas obviously knows more than me. Uh, uh, they've proven that the first four weeks of this season. Um, so uh, I guess it's a good sign uh, that that line looks out of whack to me because uh, I've, uh, I certainly haven't had my finger on the pulse from a point spread standpoint uh, at any 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 part of this season so far. 865-200-5402. Uh, yeah, Brian, I am not a Nico Now guy, uh, even though I have concerns about Joe Milton. But I am a Dylan Sampson now guy. They he needs to be their primary back. And he needs to get the the bulk of the carries 
from this point on. I noticed you didn't mention Nico during your opening monologue, and I don't think that kid is ready, even close to being ready to, to take on that kind of role right now that people want. He just well, I, do, he needs I to do get... trust this staff yeah. enough, Brian, uh, in, in that regard that I'll believe he's ready when they believe that he's ready. Uh, I, I'm not judging a, uh, full disclosure. I was listening on the radio by the time Nico went in, I had left the stadium. Uh, I was listening on the radio, so I got no visual, uh, on what he did. I do know, uh, he was in there with basically a patchwork offensive line. So I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't gauge anything by that. Uh, I know from your comments, you don't think that he's physically ready to play and take the beating that you're going to take in, in SEC play. No, I, uh, that, ta- that takes a year, I think. It'll take an offseason, another offseason. But I think he could probably – I think he understands and knows the plays and the playbook and all that, but he needs another offseason. He needs to only play during mop-up time this year and not be relied on. As we want to go to the phones, is that okay, Bino? Absolutely. Those are Brian and my thoughts on uh... – on uh, the UTSA game, and uh, we're certainly interested on your in yours and uh, whatever else is on your mind. So let's hit it here, Brian. Who we got? We've got Philly to lead off. Philly. Good morning. Hello, Titans, Phil. How you and uh, Brian doing? Oh, this is Philly. Philly, not Titans. Philly. Hey, Philadelphia. How you doing, man? How about all or up for Titansville? <laughs> all or up. All or up for Titansville. You know, I'd love to go there, but... The way the Jaguars defecated all over the field, I can't really give anybody else any shade. I can't. Look at beating those Colts and they're in one division. Cool, isn't it? Beat the division, baby. After three <laughs> games. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Minshew Mania. Yeah, I was y'all making a lot of good points this morning. Uh, this South Carolina game, I'm I'm scared of it because they have a legitimate quarterback, and anybody's got that can throw can give us problems. Bill, I, I know you said uh, uh, on a show on the show last week uh, that this was absolutely the key game of the season, and and I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I I am scared of the game. Uh, I wasn't coming into the season. I thought this was a game that I had written down. Uh, that because of what happened last year, uh, yeah. that we were just going to come out and, and lay it on them. Uh, but I, I no longer feel that way. Uh, this team thus far hasn't given me uh, the the sense of uh, security uh, that would make me think that we're going to roll out there and beat any SEC team uh, by two touchdowns. Other than bad. And really, this is the first time since Josh Hopple's been here that this program's been back into a corner that they need to perform. Yeah, well, if you look at it, Phil, I would think that you would say that this is probably, going forward, uh, and I know the the league changes from week to week, uh, but this is probably, other than Vandy, uh, the least challenging game uh, that we'll have on the remainder of the SEC slate um, and uh, it's just a game you absolutely have to win. Yeah, you lose the game, you'll be lucky. Six and six on the table, you lose, and then uh, you win the game, maybe eight, four, nine, three, hopefully. 
Yeah. Uh, where, where do you, have you come off of your original thoughts for this team at the one-third mark, Phil? What you thought this team was going into the season, how do, how do you feel about them now? I thought they were the nine, three, ten, two team going in the year. Now I, I don't think they will. They're going to make it. Uh, this team's worse than I thought it is. The quarterback play is erratic. Uh, the offensive line is no good. Uh, the secondary is uh, probably the worst. You know, one of the worst in school history. Besides that, you know, you're going to have to outscore people, and that's asking a lot for Joe Milton. Yeah, I, I would say that at the one third mark, if I'm completely honest, when coming into this year, uh, I was hopeful this team would win nine games. I was really confident they would win eight. Uh, probably after the first four games, I've moved that back one notch. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is an eight win team, and I'm pretty confident they win seven. I, that's, that's where I'm at. And ho- hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully I've reacted, uh, I've overreacted to the first four games of the season. Do you, do you think they're, they're coaching good over there this year? I mean, or is this offense coordinator we lost, is that a bigger loss than we thought it was? What, I mean, what's going on here? Um, I, I, I don't think they have the pieces that they had, Phil. I think there was going to be some regression, uh, uh, regardless of who the OC was, uh, but I, I do think, I, I do think that, uh, that that has been a factor as well as, as losing the, uh, the top line players. players that we lost from yeah. that side of. And we were kind of fed a line of bull about these receivers, uh, that this Thornton guy, I mean, he's going to replace our great receivers and he's been just about a total bust. Yeah, I think we uh, feel we've we've had really good luck uh, uh, with going to USC and and getting receivers uh, through the transfer portal. Uh, I I don't think Thornton is going to perform at the level uh, that either Brew or or um, I apologize to the Brian the, the other receiver that we had from USC, Velas Velas uh, Jones. Velas Jones, yes. Yeah, and then if, I mean, if Milton does throw a good pass, they drop it. That's, uh, I don't know, it's a perplexing to me. And then like you thought yeah, about doing it's, Samson. It's been a full-unit struggle, uh, Phil. It, it was good. I think they were much more closely on the same page on Saturday than they had been at any point this year, and hopefully that carries forward. I'm like you, though, Dylan Samson needs 20 touches a game. and uh, I mean, put him out there at wide receiver and throw it to him. I, I think he's I think he's the most special guy that we've got on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and I think we it, it's time it's time for him to be the feature. You know, D. Williams is a real good runner on these kick returns. Why can't they throw him in, in back there in the backfield or in the at wide receiver and see what he can do? I mean, he's you not, know, I don't know. They, they say he's a defensive back, but uh, I mean, if we're not going to see him over there, uh, no. it, it hurts to see him on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I'm just glad Oilers got beat yesterday. I enjoyed it. I mean, the Haslam's uh, 
shut him up, didn't I? Pretty cool. Uh, the, yeah, the, Titans, the Titans are in a real struggle right now. 90, what was it, 90 yards of total offense for the game? 95, yeah, something like that, something ugly. With their best players out there. Looks how I get more behind Central Titans, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Got anything else for us, Philly? No, y'all have a good one. See See you, Philly. Hey, you too, Phil. Always good to talk to you. 865-200-5402. Philly taking a a little joy in in the Titans' uh, seeming demise here. I know we got a caller online that is not, though. Who we got, Brian? We've got Titans Garamo. Hello, Titans, Bill. How you doing? This is Titans. Yeah, hey, Phil. Hey, hey, Phil, what happened to your Cowboys yesterday? And my Uh-oh. congratulations to Josh Dobbs for getting his first victory as an NFL quarterback. Absolutely. So here Good you are. Josh. You're ripping well, me. Here you are. You're, you're, you're ripping me. So <laughs> good for Josh Dobbs to Bill. Appreciate good, good you bringing that up. Really happy for good him. Good for Josh Dobbs. Yeah, exactly. So I'd have to say, Phil, um, I think you want to think before you start ripping. And of course, on another note, uh, I'm going to invent a Denver Broncos price spotline. I mean, buddy, of course, the the clone is a big a Bronco fan. Hey, uh, imagine putting out the Bronco defense against with the Titans offense yesterday. How bad a team <laughs> would that be? Same type of props, the Vols. But at least What's there's that, one Titans thing. Steel? The Titans is having the same type of problems the Vols is when it comes to offensive line. But there's a difference here. At least we've, we won, we tore UTSA's kingdom down. And I thought, you know, you could say all you want about Joe Milton. Of course, the only criticism I have him overshooting wide, uh, you know, uh, receivers that are open. But, you know, outside of that, I thought he played an amazing game uh, day before yesterday. Well, he was really, really good in the first half, Bill. Uh, he, uh, I think as good as we've seen him here in, in every phase. Uh, the, you know, the, the third quarter... Uh, things kind of went awry, and then we went back to running the football against him in the fourth quarter. But uh, uh, it was uh, the the first half was certainly encouraging uh, in the way that he he handled everything. So uh, hopefully we we see that uh, we see more of that and more consistency going forward. I want to congratulate your Colts for up the Ravens. And, of course, Ryan, what happened to your Jaggy boys? Well, I, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Houston Texan franchise plays the Jaguars like they're a Super Bowl contender and play everybody else like the garbage they are. I've never so seen the, anything like it. It's just amazing how it continues to happen every year. 
Brother Tyson, the the standpoint, it's it's good to see. It's I mean they've had back to back road victories, and uh, you know I'm I'm I understand what this Colt team is right now, but that's really good for a young coach early on to get some road victories. So I, I expect Brian's Jaguars to take over the division as we go along here. Maybe. Uh, but it's a good early start uh, for the Colts, and I'm, I'm happy about that. They uh, don't, don't, underestimate, don't underestimate the Titans. Just because they got their kingdom tore down uh, yesterday, Maybe that doesn't mean they're going to throw. Mike Frable is not going to let that team throw in the towel. Maybe they'll get 100 yards of offense next game. Hopefully, Bill. I, I tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, what have they lost? Nine their last eleven. Uh, I, I guess I so. I don't think that's just a blip. Ten. Yeah, I think nine of ten. I don't think that's just a blip. I think the Titans are in trouble. Uh, well, we'll see. We will see. We we shall see about that, my good friend Bino. And yes, of course yes. tonight of course tonight I'm going with Tony's Eagles over the um, no hold it over the um, let's see who are they playing, playing tonight? In Tampa Bay. I'm going with yeah, okay, I'm going with them over Tampa Bay and I am going with the Rams over the Bengals. Of course, Joe Burrow, I believe, is on the D L if my mind serves me correctly. That yeah, I think he's doubtful tonight. I don't know if they ruled him out, but he's doubtful for tonight. The Bengals trying to avoid an 0-3 start. So, well, hopefully when they play the Titans in Music City, they'll be 0-4. Yes. <laughs> Got anything else for us, William? Uh, well, um, not, well, I'm just going to say you guys have a good day and, um, always great to talk to you, Bino, and you too, Brian. Yes, sir. Titans, Bill. Thanks, Titans, Bill. Always appreciate you being there, man. Let's take a, uh, bottom of the hour break. We've got Andrew and Jake, Jake in Memphis and Andy on the other side, Bino. See ya. All right. We'll go to a quick break. See you on the other side. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They're timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. I know it's uh, another week. You got some more great bargains for us, so let's hear what you got. All righty. Well, this week we have ribeye steak, six ninety nine a pound. Jumbo russet potato, eight pound bags, four ninety nine each. Green cabbage, forty nine cents a pound. Crystal geyser, thirty two pack water, three for twelve. And Coca Cola, twelve pack, five ninety nine. And uh, these sales run through what next Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, next Tuesday. All right, fantastic. And as always, you guys are open seven days a week, and you're open 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., located right there by where the post office is. So if anybody's out there looking for some great deals, I'll tell you, check out Foodland. You cannot go wrong. Miles, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate you talking to us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson. We just got done talking to him. Go check him out at Foodland. They got some fantastic deals. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. I got caught talking over the Dean, and he wasn't even here. 865-205-402. Welcome back. Tony Basilio Show, Monday edition. Uh, glad to be along with you, Tony, taking a, uh, a day off to uh, 
kind of recharge the mechanism, and we're glad, uh, Brian and I are glad to give him an opportunity to do that. Also, Bino, and, uh, I, want to, uh, I want to bring in Sean Sinclair, who joins us, Dr. Sean Sinclair, absolutely, DDS, to absolutely. give his thoughts on the game and everything going on. Good morning, Sean. Appreciate you joining. Great, great to have you. Good morning, Bino. I heard uh, I heard you two are manning it by yourselves, and it's all hands on deck, so give you a little hand here if you can absolutely glad to have you sean yeah i was at i was at the game and i thought it was good i i in in reflection and maybe this is because i'm getting a little older it um i don't really have a comment i don't really have a comment on what i saw i just have a i think that um i think this team is in transition and i think that there are some things that they're still ironing out uh, I don't think it's as good as last year's team for obvious reasons. Uh, we lost an offensive coordinator, and I'm not sure he's the, the the secret sauce to all of this stuff. In fact, I think he's not. But I do think there was a level of comfort there because uh, what I've noticed is that uh, the plays are taking longer to get in. Um, there's instead of just you know just jackhammer rapid fire play after play after play. There's a noticeable delay uh where if you look over at the sidelines the guys are still motioning signals into to the quarterbacks or whoever's receptive to those um i think that uh there's some transition on the offensive line um i am i thought that we'd be four and oh right now and uh, i thought the first three games were a little bit underwhelming i still have everything ahead of them i Georgia's obviously not going to be. Yeah, that's that may be a little bit out of reach, but everything else is uh, is a winnable game. It's also a losable game, but uh, it's a winnable game. And um, I think that we, I'm not here to tell anybody how to view the season so far, but a third of the season, I think if I wasn't if I wasn't um, you know staring behind at a. a, a 10 and 2, 11 and 2 with a flop at South Carolina last year going into year three with this recruiting, I'd probably be pretty pleased. Um, again, it's, it's a downturn from last year, but I think they are, I think they're working their way through this. And, um, you know, there were, I, I think right now, Coach Eichel probably has some evaluating to do at the end of the year, uh, if, if he's going to take the old Boyd network and, Hopefully, see if it can go forward, or if he's going to make some tough decisions on some players and some coaches in this new environment of college football transfer portal, cutting players, cutting coaches. It's going to be interesting because he's established a culture here that he's rather proud of, and he may have to adopt that. Uh, uh, he may have to adapt to changes and not end up kind of like Dabo Sweeney. So. Um, I thought I had a good time. It was a great crowd. It was a loud crowd. Beautiful weather. Uh, the all orange. I, I like all the uniform combinations. If people don't, I get that. I think uh, Joe Milton's uh, is a nice quarterback. Uh, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, but he's a nice quarterback. And I think we're bridging uh, the first two years with the Nico years, if that makes sense. Yeah, Sean, I think you make a great point. I, I, I think we all got a little bit of ahead of ourselves, uh, because of the unexpected success of, of last season. Uh, uh, that was a remarkable year. 
uh, a special year, probably uh, a, a top five year uh, in in my time as a Tennessee fan, which is a long, long time. And it was way ahead of schedule. And I think we began to expect that to be the norm. Uh, and it's just not. Uh, this is still a program in transition and a program that likely, especially on the offensive side of the ball, has probably fallen off in every unit with the exception of running back. Uh, and uh, you've got a brand new coordinator. So you've got a guy who's probably not at the level that your, your previous coordinator was. Um, so all of those things are coming into play. So this is without question uh, a work a work in progress, but we know we know that Josh Heupel is capable of, uh, of putting together a special season, and that's something we didn't know about any of our other coaches that we've had here since former. Let's get our next caller in. It is Jake in Memphis. Jake, hello, Jake. Jake, appreciate your patience. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank y'all for for having me on. Bino, do uh, do you think that that uh, Brian and Titansville going back and forth is that akin to Ryan Day uh, calling out Lou Holt? Uh, that's 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 a good comparison there with uh, with that uh, that dynamic. Can you believe that? I think that Brian would rather be Ryan Day. <laughs> I. I almost missed the ending of that game. The, the, the final slate Saturday night was just so much fun, uh, watching all those games. But man, what a, what a Butch Jones, Derek Dooley finish that Marcus Freeman had at Notre Dame. Two straight plays to end the game where you had 10 people out in the field. That's, uh. Oh, God. Just, just, and you're just a off. defensive coordinator, too. That's the, that's the, the, the great thing about it. Really, really, really hard to watch there. Um, I, I, I'd like to like to go around the room if I could, Sean, Dean O'Brien. From a scale of one to ten, ten being panic mode, you know, one being not concerned at all. How concerned are you going into the South Carolina game about specifically regarding uh, Joe Milton knee? Because in, in my eyes, the second half looked the way it did. Um, Again, in my eyes, because of that injury, for a lot of reasons, they they kept it they kept it pretty safe. Uh, could have been because of the score, but it definitely looked like Milton. I mean, I don't I don't recall Milton running at all in the second half, and and really it looked like his knee was really bothering him when he was planning to throw as well. So, um, what what are y'all's concerns regarding that heading well, into this week? About not running him in the second half. I think that's just because they know that they have a quarterback behind him who's just not quite there right, physical, physically-wise, and they're just trying to be smart about how much they want to use Milton running, running, and especially after taking a hit like that. The smart thing is, yeah, I don't think you want to call too many more running plays. Uh, I think I'm a four, Jake. Uh, I'm not overly concerned. There is some concern there. Uh, because even though he's not a big factor in our running game, we need for him to be as mobile as he can just to move around in the pocket more than anything else. So I, I'm not overly concerned. I'd put mine at a four. Sean? 
Sean may be checking the patient, so we'll get back oh, with okay. him. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Jack. Brian, where are you at on that? I, I'm not really. I think he'll be okay. For, I think he's good to go. I, I haven't heard. I, th- I think he's been checked out, and I think he's going to be okay to play. If, if he were really that bad, I, I don't know that they would have used him as much in the second half. But he got in there. I think. I think he got the. He shook it off. I, I think he'll be. I think he'll play Saturday. Okay. I, I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I uh, I just felt like I saw him really protecting that knee uh, a lot in the second half. So I hope I hope that's the case. But um, surely it looks like Vegas thinks that it's going to be fine because I I mean that number initially was really surprising to me. I think it's actually been bet up since then. I think it's up to twelve and a half now, which is crazy. But um, you know when you look at the numbers, we have the number four rushing offense in the country. And South Carolina has 104. They're the 104th rushing defense in the country. And, um, you know, with it being at home, with it being a revenge spot, you know, the more I think about it, especially if we play like we did the first half, yeah, I mean, that number seems within reach. But um, I just, I, I'm scared that, <laughs> I'm scared that the uh, old Joe shows up and, uh, and we have our struggles. But, you know, how do you feel about that number? Uh, I think it's too many points um, based on our inconsistent uh, inconsistency from the offensive side. Uh, of course, Vegas relies on folks' overreaction, and they don't. You know, they, they kind of set numbers, and they don't move them a whole lot unless it's based on personnel. Um, but uh, I, I, I think that Tennessee – has pretty much been overvalued so far, but we'll we'll see. Here's here's something something to throw out. South Carolina is three and eighteen all time in Neyland. And two of those three wins were Dooley who was on his way to getting fired, against Butch who was on his way to getting fired, and against Philip Fulmer when it was starting to become apparent that he had slipped quite a bit. So South Carolina's never won at Neyland when Tennessee's had a healthy program. And I would have to say, even though despite the struggle, this program is certainly would have to be qualified as healthy right now. Yeah, I agree, Brian. It's one thing to lose on the road at Florida. I think that's almost to be expected at this point as a Tennessee fan. But it's another thing to lose to this Shane Beamer ball club. That, that would be really, really hard to stomach, even in a bridge year. Sean. Yeah, South Carolina's never beaten a Tennessee team on the road that's been a bowl team. Bowl, bowl team. All those three times, they they did not make a bowl game. They were they had a losing season, so I don't think this team's going to have a losing season. The you other know, thing, Jake, is I, I'm you know I, I have uh, I, my mind seems to wander back and forget the last couple of years. You know, this was uh, for about seven straight years. I believe this was a game that was decided by a touchdown or less. But the last three have been decided by two touchdowns or more. I believe so. Wow, it's kind of changed, right? You know, I, I'll leave you. I'll leave you with this. Um, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but you know, Tony on the Bars of Law Fan Reaction talked about how you know one of the most twenty twenty three college football things he's heard is you know utsa coming in here and basically just getting a check and and phoning it in and i i think the most 2023 college football thing that i've seen so far is travis hunter streaming live on twitch while his team is getting absolutely destroyed 
on national television. I don't know if you saw that, Vino, but that's where we are now. Is for you to get these five-star players to come to your program, you kind of have to agree to, to this kind of, you know, behavior well, that Col- put up. Where Colorado was last year, I, I don't think they mind. They were 1-11 well, last year. So. It, it still, it still <laughs> no. has a competitor that, that yeah. just does sit right with me. Yeah, that may not work so well a lot of places, but I, I don't think anybody's really making an outrage out there. Jake, one, one thing I've accepted is uh, uh, this isn't my world anymore. Uh, so uh, I just let it go on as it wants to, and I ignore the parts that I want to. So. I hear you. I'll, I'll, I'll do the same. Bino, thank you so much. You're doing a great job. Thanks for the time. Hey, Jake, always always good to hear from you. Appreciate it. 865-200-5402. believe we've got Andy on here, right, Brian? Yes, Andy, and, and yes, Bino. And one, one more thing to point out. The last two South Carolina-Tennessee games have been decided by 25 points, and the yep. 2020 game was actually a four-point game, so that's two straight where it's been kind of a blowout. Oh, okay. I thought there were three straight, but just two. Okay. Here we go. Andy, how you doing? Hey, how y'all doing? Good We're morning, We're good Andy. today, Andy. Appreciate the call. Well, I was off work today. I said, you know what? Let's get some ball fans fired up today, so why not? Absolutely. It's your it's 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 your dance floor, buddy. Well, you know, that Florida trip it was it wasn't the best. You know, I had worse of luck on my way back. So it was like, was it really worth it? Was it worth having a blowout, you know, in Spartansburg, South Carolina? And then losing my wallet for about three days, then finally find it two days later. So, <laughs> oh, what happened again? Well, I had a blowout in Spartan. A tire. Uh, hit a pothole uh, going through one of them construction uh, sections. They had half the half the asphalt was not uh, well not there. For what uh, well what I remember, it was raining and I just didn't see it. And, you know, them oh, 24-inch wheels with their low-profile tires, they don't like potholes too well. So Got to be it careful. Just, it just destroyed it. Well, glad you're safe. So, yeah, I finally got home, you know, about 5 o'clock on that Sunday. After I was supposed to have been home at like 8. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would do it all over again. Um, You know, I really think that, I'll be honest, man, that atmosphere down there was the loudest I think it had been in 15 years. I agree on that, um, what people would say, because it was lit. I mean, it was. They came prepared, and they wanted to win, and that's what it comes down to. But um, this weekend, um, it's revenge. I think that these, uh, I think these players are ready. Um, a couple of them that I had talked to uh, Saturday night right before I left Knoxville um, outside of Gate 21, they they said they hungry. So that's what you like to hear, you know. So um, I am going to ride a, uh, a Cox disc track. Um, I'm going to get it finalized, the lyrics finalized today, and uh, release it in Knoxville this weekend. Um, I think this will probably be the best one 
that I wrote this year because I mean we just got so much to talk about you know there's 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 so much to talk about um I hope Ramel's okay um I seen him outside of gate 21 um find an autograph so I mean he looked like he wasn't in pain or nothing so hopefully he's okay I, I wonder um and of, of course Tennessee's pretty secretive on injuries Andy but uh and I was on I was in the other end zone uh but it kind of looked like to me that was more of a uh him kind of getting compressed down onto the ground and, and other people on almost like a wind knocked out of your situation more yeah. than anything. He might have he might have had contact with the football too that was underneath. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that's what I had thought, that he just got the wind knocked out of him a little bit because that looked like um, he had laid himself out like he did last year, but it was a lot harder hit. Um, yeah. You know, it was a lot harder impact. So, and like I said, you know, he didn't look like he was holding his shoulder or anything like that, you know, outside of gate 21. He signed a lot of grass for kids and stuff, and, Good. you know, he looked like, Good. you know, he was himself, so. That's a good thing. Um, Absolutely. You know, um, but yeah, I think I think that Florida Florida game was just really an eye opener. Um, I don't know, you know, it's, I I was still shocked how that game went, but at the same time, like I said, dude, it was loud down there. It was, I mean. They, 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 they came and showed up. Bill Napier had asked them to give it all they had, and, and they did. I mean, those fans, they did not just sit there. They, they screamed as loud as they could. And I think it affects communication a lot. Yeah, and it's something that we're going to have to get better at, Andy, is, is, uh, communication uh, with our style of offense in a hostile environment. Uh, because yeah, uh, so far, the hostile environments we've gone into, with the exception of LSU, and I think we caught a break that that was a day game rather than a night game there, uh, we we haven't performed that well. So that that's something that we do have to get straightened out. Yeah, I mean, the only suggestion that I can think the way you can do that is you would have to practice inside like Anderson Training Center and get like big, huge like speakers that go upwards of like a hundred and forty decibels or right at one thirty. Because okay, so Neyland we've been what one twenty five like point four. So even if you had something that goes up to like one thirty, then you could practice with that and learn how to communicate with hand signals or whatever. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't, I mean, that's the only suggestion that, I mean, that I could really think of, of how you would be able to practice it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. And, and the swamp, like you said, it's, uh, it may not be the swamp for anyone else, but it still is for us because they're always ready to play and, uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're always intense down there against us. Probably is still for Florida State too, uh, but I would guess that everyone else doesn't see what the swamp used to be. Well, you know, 
the atmosphere is not bad. I mean, I had no problems. Um, there, they were, they, they were not bad. They weren't mean. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with security is more tight now and there's a lot more cops around probably than what there was back then. So it's really hard for people to act dumb when you have, when you have law enforcement around. Like, you know what you're going to get if you do that. I would, I don't know what that would be if someone threw piss on you. For one, that's very unsanitary and nasty. And if someone had a disease or something and they did that and someone caught it, that's like a deep, deep charge. That, that's probably prison time. So it's just not yeah. worth it. I'm glad to hear that, Andy. I, I'll tell you, through the 90s, it was an awful place to go. And it's the enjoyment that a visiting fan could have. But I haven't been back since 99. But everyone that's gone since about 2001 tells me that it's a different place. And, and that's good. That's the way it should be. Yeah, um, I was, um, I had parked um, a little bit out of way. It was like 35 minutes from the stadium or whatever. Um, kind of down to where um, there was like a lake, and there were a couple of Florida fans down there. He was an older man, and he was <laughs> he was offering me food and stuff. We was just sitting there talking and stuff, and I said, you know, I, I appreciate you being, you know, respectful, and he's like, it's just a game, and I'm like, well, you know, that's how I look at it. It's like life, life, it ain't like life's over, and uh He's like, well, you should be able to come and enjoy yourself. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, people should be able to bring their, you know, their kids and their family and stuff and not feel like that they're going to have to prepare for it. Because me, I had prepared my mind for it. You know, I was like, you know, what happens if something happens? Like, what do you do? Like, hopefully cops will be around and they'll be able to take care of the problem. But you don't never know. Now, if you're out walking on campus or something, somebody attacked you in the middle of the night while you're walking back to your car, well, there's probably not going to be nobody around. Yeah. Well, where can but, people uh, hear your release at uh, when it comes out, Andy? Uh, yeah. Um, I've, uh, it, it's crazy, you know, the players and stuff. They've really been behind me on it. And a lot of, a couple of the ball parents, they've, uh, a couple of them asked me, said, uh, you know, we really love uh, your content and stuff. We appreciate the love that you show. So, you know, it's just, it means a lot to me when I have people say that, like, it's like that, or former players and stuff that, or some of the staff members, you know, and they're like, never stop what you're doing. And I'm like, well, the thing is, I'm on a grind right now. Um you know, I've got plans to, um, I'm going to get in the studio at some point. Um going to learn a lot more. Um, and then hopefully we're going to transition this into uh, way, way more professional than what where I'm at right now. Um, I well, Andy, that's good news. Today. Hey, Andy, we're at the top of the hour here, buddy. we got to go to a break. But appreciate the call. Enjoy your week and go Big Orange. Yeah, you too. Go Vols.
This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about. But the hunger crisis in southern middle Tennessee is not one of them. 
You can join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed our neighbors in need. Kids, moms, and dads, and grandparents with nothing to eat. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. Give hope to the hungry right now. Thewelloutreach.org. Thewelloutreach.org. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Shut up, Tony. You're not even here today. We don't need to. <laughs> My apologies again. I broke in on Tony's liner again. Maybe I'll get that down before the show's over. Uh, welcome back Tony Basilio's show, Monday edition. Uh, the good Dr. Sean Sinclair, Brian Hartman, and Bino at your service, just a little house cleaning going into this second hour. Uh, we are going to take Josh Heupel's press conference whenever that comes up. Uh, and we don't want to be rude, but we'll probably cut directly to it, even though we're mid-call. Uh, after Josh Heupel's press conference, we're going to do a quick break, and then we're going to come back and finish up the show. So uh, please hang with us. We want to hear what you have to say. We'll go until 1 o'clock today. Uh, no overtime. Uh, this can end in a tie because I'm running it. Uh, so it's over at one o'clock. Uh, uh, Sean, anything that you've heard, uh, since, uh, you last commented here that you want to jump in on before we go back to the phones? No, I think this, uh, I think this chance, this, this season has a, has a chance to be really exciting. Uh, it may not be as entertaining, but it may be exciting. Uh, there's, it, it would not surprise me if this team went to Tuscaloosa and won the game. I can see where people might roll their eyes at that, but I've seen nothing to suggest that Alabama's going to steamroll anybody on their schedule. Um, Kentucky, A&M, uh, all the rest. I, Georgia's the outlier, but um, there I don't expect it. But. It would be a it would it would be a pleasant surprise, and I can see it happen if we match last year's record. I really I, I really believe that that it could happen. I don't see a fall off because I've seen this team play its best, and I think its best is every bit as good as everybody but Georgia. Um, uh, but you know when they go through the lulls or something, it, we'll see. I, I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm just a hope on the hopium, but. Uh, I I tend to think that when we get Cooper Mays back, it settles a lot of things down for the offensive line, and I, I wish him a, a good recovery. I I I think it was wise or, or good that Volquest came out with a story yesterday, just explaining what was going on, because I I think people were starting to get a little antsy about uh, Cooper and, and perhaps you know, questioning his motivation. I don't know how you'd ever do that to him. One of the mazes. I mean, those are the toughest jokers I've come across. So, uh, hope he's ready to go 100%. And, uh, uh, let's go get the Gamecocks because I think we are going to win. Hey, amen, hey, hey, uh, Sean. I think it would be amazing, uh, for someone coming off of that surgery, especially an offensive lineman with all that requires. 
uh, to uh, play uh, before a month's gone in the season. Uh, I'll that that's that's just a tough thing to come back from uh, for anyone, but an offensive lineman in particular. Um, yeah, good good stuff. And we are in a transition year, just about for the complete conference, uh, which uh, which gives you an opportunity. Uh, to do some things that this team at this point doesn't appear capable of doing. So, uh, so uh, there's there's no result that's off the table. You're exactly right. Uh, let's go back to phones and get Drew in here. Hello, Drew. Hey, gentlemen. How are you all doing? Hey, Drew. We're well. Thank you. Hey, I wanted to uh, – I don't really want to go into the UTSA game. I think there's uh, everything that can be said about that has been said at this point. But I do think that this is the biggest game of the season right here. I think it's the fulcrum point that determines how the rest of your season is likely to go. And there's a few reasons that I think that. One, you you have a bye week next week. So what kind of energy are you going to take into the bye? I think that's really important. How much confidence does this team get to carry into the bye week? And is the energy around the facilities uh, positive? Or is it extremely negative? Um, two, this is the first time that this really is the first time that this team's going to get to play in front of a true Tennessee crowd. They've been bereft of energy so far, um, and the crowd is going to give them if they if they can't come out with energy this game, the crowd's going to give them more than enough to make up for it. Uh, I, I think that you're going to see us come out ready to play ball. Uh, it, the biggest the biggest question for me is who steps up as a leader for this team. That's what the next three weeks, you don't have to leave home. It's all in-house. The games are for real now. We can just forget the Florida game. No need, you know, that one hurt. But we get to move forward, and you have three weeks here to win two games that are pretty much must-wins if you want to turn one into two as far as successful seasons in a row. If Tennessee wants to hit the double-digit win mark, they have to win both of these games. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So it, I wanted to – all that to say, I wanted to talk about, in your all's opinion, um, given the energy that's going to be in the building, the sense of urgency that should be present with the team, given some of the performances that they've had, I, I'm sure that they're feeling better than they did um, given the fact that they did score 45 points, I'm sure in their minds, ah, the game is over, we took our foot off the gas, okay, if that's what they need to tell themselves, I'm fine with that. But the, the house is going to be rocking, and those guys should come ready to play after what happened against Carolina last year. Who is going to step up on this team, harness some of this energy, and become the Hendon Hooker, um, even a bad boy Jeremy Banks-like guy, that just kind of takes over and shows, hey, I'm the guy, uh, I'm the leader of this team. Who do you guys think is most likely to do that is my first question. Uh, I'll, I'll go around the room. Brian, who do you think is most likely to do that? Someone like an Amari Thomas, maybe, or a Tyler Barron. Offensively... Sean? Maybe a Dylan, hopefully a Dylan Sampson. Sean, I, I agree with Brian what he said. I, I think that uh, from my vantage point, it looked like Omari Thomas was 
becoming a, and I get it, it's San Antonio. I, I totally get that. But he he looked to be, um, and Barron looked to be playing like this was a contract year uh, in this game. Mm-hmm. And I think they can take that forward. I think the only thing Omari Thomas needed was uh, evidence right in front of him that he can throw college football players around and do damage. And he looks like a top couple round pick to me when he's on fire. Uh, Barron, Barron has kind of had the same thing. Uh, I don't know anything about the back seven that can do that. I just don't see anything no. in the secondary that would tell me that they're going to do that. Um, I hear what you said about Dylan Sampson. Uh, I'm, I'm not here to debate if he's better, more effective, et cetera. I, I don't, this does not seem to be the kind of coaching staff that leapfrogs a guy up uh, to the main guy, um, whether it's necessary or not. Um, so That's concerning to me, I, by the way. I actually think that, um, I think that, um, I think that Joe Milton is, um, perhaps starting to see, I don't, I don't, he's not Hinden Hooker. But I could I could really see where he starts putting a stamp on his career because his time's running out. Um, he's I don't I, I believe he will probably be a combine wonder, um, but I, I if he has any metal to him, I I, I think that he's going to want to step up. And I I fully agree with you, Bino. I I thought he played a nice game. Uh, you know the 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 long pass to Brew McCoy couldn't have been thrown much better. Uh, just off the fingertips, uh, there were some, there were some, there were some passes that were went awry. I get that, but I, I agree with you. I I thought he played pretty well. Um, one thing I want to talk about is is I think that uh, I'm I'm really I'm really upset about the the upperclassmen because I think it's selfish upon their part not to have put um, Austin P. And UT San Antonio away. They they were young guys at one time, you know, just clawing to get on the field. And by going through the motions in each game at the beginning of the second half, they really took opportunities away from the young people that they would have been upset themselves. That may sound weird, but I, I truly believe that there there was a complete lack of intensity at the start of the third quarter, and that cost some guys some valuable playing time. So on yeah, that I note, you know, cool. talking hey, about energy. Sure, I'll, I'll jump real quick and give it back to you. I'll jump real quick okay. on the offensive side of the ball. If it's not Milton to me on that side of the ball, it has to be Brew McCoy or it has to be a returning Cooper Mays. Those are those are the two that I would most likely expect to kind of lead things. I, I would hope that it's Cooper Mays, um, given the fact that he's been out, having someone like that come back, as you guys have alluded to, gaining not one, but essentially two starters back on the offensive line by having guys back in their appropriate position. If a guy like Cooper Mays can come out and and be the true point guard of the offense, uh, given his tenure with UT, I see that. I, I see that being a, a huge positive for us moving forward. But should we even expect to see him this weekend in a word or two? And I would think no, right? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I think that Cooper's either going to return this week. Now, this is just me. This, and I have no, I have no sources. 
I think you'll, you'll either see him this week or you'll see him uh, return after the open date. And I would guess more after the open date than I, I would think that's a better uh, a better landmark than than South Carolina. But one of the mm-hmm. two. Jumped in real quick. Uh, Ball, uh, Austin Price had a, a response on BallQuest, so and I think he's pretty well entrenched in that family. Right. He said he said there would be a ninety percent chance that Cooper plays this week. So I think that well, that's the way I see that is a ten percent hedge in case there's a setback. Good, good. This good team next. should come out with an edge on their shoulders then because. Uh, a guy like Cooper, a competitor like that, you know that he's itching to get out there and um, set this offensive lineup to be successful in their schemes. Um, and we, we, I touched on it when I and I heard Sean, you touch on it. Sounds kind of cliche, but this is college football, and the, the energy in the stadium truly does matter. Do you guys think that the way that this team has flatlined at times? How beneficial do you think it is for Tennessee to have these next couple games at home with crowds that are obviously going to be chomping at the bit, um, understanding how important these two games are? I mean, a night game in Neyland, we all know how that's going to go. Um, everyone's going to be three sheets to win, ready to rock. But for this team in particular, do you think maybe they need an atmosphere like that to kind of wake them up and get the sleep out of their eyes and put four quarters together? Hey, Drew, we appreciate the call, man. Uh, yes, I, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think this is a team more so than last year's team, uh, that can use a boost, uh, from us. Sean? You know, I, I can't prove this because I haven't watched a whole lot of other college football, but these four, well, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, these four games have been the choppiest four games. I don't, that I recall seeing at Tennessee. And maybe it's penalties. Maybe it's self, maybe it's this darn clock. Maybe it's the, the, just the, the haphazard way the opponents call timeouts and we've had to rescue some, but it just seems to me that this offense, for whatever reason, cannot get into the kind of flow they had last year. There was, there's nothing that I've seen that would show that you blink your eye and you're up 35 nothing. They were up fourteen nothing after five minutes Saturday, and well, it was thirty one nothing. But half. it wasn't sustained. We were, we, yeah. I mean, we were just scoring at will last year. It seemed. Yeah, I think I think Sean that it's it's a combination of things. Uh, I, I think college football has become choppy. Period, but uh, because of the constant breaks and the constant reviews. Last year's team was just so good and in such a rhythm that they erased a lot of that. This year's team, you know, until Saturday, uh, we've had penalty issues. We, we had 10 penalties in the, in the second and third game each. Uh, and there's just no way in the world, uh, to have any type of pace or any type of rhythm, uh, when you, when you got 10 penalties called on you, uh, the majority of which were on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we almost, we almost reinvented what college football was last year, and this team's just not capable of doing that. Let's go to a next caller. We're still waiting on Hypo. I think they're a few minutes late. Let's go to Fred real quick. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Hey, Bino. Oh, it's Freddie. Hey, how you doing, Freddie Jack? Good. 
Hey, if Tony started paying you time and a half or double time, would you start doing some overtime? Uh, Tony does. Uh, Tony does pay me double time. Uh, I make the same when I'm the main host as I do uh, when I'm the co-host. <laughs> uh, uh, he doubles it, but it's still the same. Freddie, Freddie, Jack, I could, I could, I could, I could get a four hundred percent raise and still see zeros on my check. You feel me? Well, well does he at least buy you an appetizer at Cal- Calhoun's? It doesn't even uh, allow me to say the word appetizer. Tony has fed me extremely well down through the years. But he's my uh, boy, and I hope he's listening. Yeah, uh, I, I, I tell you, Freddie Jack. Uh, we, we've got a buddy that says Tony has the greatest business model in all of the United States. He's got a hundred people on staff and three on payroll. <laughs> I've I left Tony. He knows that I, I wouldn't take his money if he gave it to me. <laughs> oh, everybody loves Tony. That, that may be Polly Joe Saturday night. <laughs> He got a little raw. But anyway. Here's Heupel. He's about to start. All right, guys. Take care. He's taking one Thanks, last sip Freddy. of water. And I think he's going to start now. Here we go. Hope uh, everybody's doing great. Uh, looking forward to uh, to this weekend. Uh, really good opponent that we're playing. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to open up conference play here at home. Uh, excited to see our fans and, and uh, need a great environment on Saturday night for sure. Um, also special that we get an opportunity to celebrate uh, 25th anniversary of our 98 national championship team. Uh, Coach Fulmer and the entire crew uh, welcoming those guys back. Excited that uh, they get a chance to be there uh, for this one as well. So with that, I'll open it up. Josh, after the uh, the Florida game, was it was it good to have a, a non-conference game at home to be able to work out some of those kinks before you get to South Carolina A&M and this, this schedule? Yeah, I mean, the, the schedule is what it is. Um, I, I thought our preparation was good last week. We went out and did a lot of things really well. There's still some things we got to correct, obviously. Um, but uh, we're excited about this one. Uh, getting back into conference play, that's why you come here. You want to play in big-time games like this. Really good opponent. Uh, they're good on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, quarterback's playing extremely well. Uh, we got to be our best on Saturday night. Josh, as a coach, is it just, is it a new year every year, or does it, do some games mean a little more? Specifically, does this one mean a little more just because of you know what happened last year in Columbia? Yeah, it's a new week every week. It's a new year or two. Um, uh, you know, last year uh, they were more physical than us. Um, they competed harder than we did uh, on that night. Um, you know, we didn't handle the the environment the right way. Uh, those were lessons that you know had to continue to move forward with us as a, as a program. But uh, you know, last year has nothing to do with this week. Last week has nothing to do with this week. You know, the previous play has nothing to do with the next one. Man, we got to focus on our preparation and and uh, and be ready to have a great competitive spirit for for four quarters. Josh, what Spencer Rattler did in, in the game against you guys last year, uh, and I don't mean just the, the crazy stats, but the impact he had on the game, was that indicative of the type of impact he has on games, or was that more of an outlier? Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, he's played at a high level. Uh, he's played a lot of football. 
Uh, he's playing extremely well right now. Um, he was uh, dynamic in that football game, um, but he has that uh, in his arsenal. And, uh, you know, for us, the line of scrimmage is important, and um, we got to do a really good job. Uh, we got to get him in third and longs. Last year, we didn't get off the field in third and longs, and, and you know that some of that was coverage, some of that was uh, some of that was him extending and making some some really special plays. Uh, we got to do a great job of bottling him up and applying pressure at the same time. Coach Beamer said that you're probably watching their game with Mississippi State and uh, looking forward to playing them because of their past defense. So I got to ask, did you watch? And what are your thoughts about those comments? And I, I got home at the the very end of the game. By the time, you know, I, I wish a four o'clock game. I got home early. Uh, I don't between recruiting and uh, knocking out some of the media things that I got to do. Uh, didn't get home till the very end. Um, they're a good football team. Um, they've lost a couple of close ones. They played really well on the road at Georgia um, in all three phases of the football game. Lost a tough one to Carolina. This is a really good football team. What was the greatest indicator this past week in practice that let you know that this team was going to bounce back and have the performance they did against UTSA? Well, I don't think there was just one thing. I, I do think uh, they had great uh, intentionality in the way that they prepared all week long. Uh, they had really good practices Tuesday, Wednesday, followed that up, finishing out the right way on Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, today I, I challenge our guys, what are the things that you've got to stop doing in your preparation because they're not helping you? What are the things that you got to continue to do and what are the things that you got to up your game at? And, and uh, you know, I think that's important for everybody inside of our program. It certainly looked like and felt like you all had your best tempo and rhythm of of the year in the first half. Um, I know that you know kind of sputtered out in the third quarter a little bit, but is that one of those signs where you feel like you know the offense is getting closer and closer to being kind of what you envisioned it and, and expected to be? Yeah, we could go. I, I talked about you know self-inflicted wounds, not playing smart on the offensive side of the football, uh, hurting ourselves. And in, in this last one, we didn't do those things. So that allows you to play in tempo. Allows you to be. Uh, ahead of the chains or, or in uh, you know manageable situations where you're not in third and 15 and, and uh, that helps everybody out it helps your quarterback out it helps your offensive line out it helps us stay in rhythm helps us move the football great start of the football game the other day for your team obviously not so much in the second half that third quarter when you went back and reviewed film was there anything specific that you might have seen from offense or defense that Maybe had the the poorer start. Biggest takeaway uh, for me, I, I believe I said it after the game to you guys. I know I talked to our football team. The competitive edge that you have to have in this game, and it, it's razor thin margins that uh, that you're playing on. And if you're not on that edge the right way, um, the game will turn quickly uh, for a play or for however long you're not on it. So. Uh, again, this football team's got to continue to grow and mature, and that shows up in not hurting ourselves, uh, being assignment and fundamentally sound, but it also shows up in the way that we handle no matter what is going on in the game. We talk about playing it like it's 0-0 for 60 minutes. Don't look up until the scoreboard takes zero. Uh, in this football game, that will be important. Uh, it's a good team. Um, they got good players, got good coaches. Um, you know, they'll make plays uh, at some t point during the course of the ball game. you got to continue to refocus and go play the next one. Josh, back to the tempo and offense. Besides the self-inflicted ones you guys had less of and having success on first down to allow you to have that tempo, was there anything you guys tweaked in terms of fewer checks to the sidelines, you know, play calling, anything like that that helped you guys go at that higher tempo as well? Yeah, we really haven't done a bunch of checks uh, to the sideline. Uh, Joe, you know, controls 
most of the football game for us, and, and uh, that's been true since we got here. So that's not really something that uh, has slowed us down typically. Coach, through four weeks of the uh, season so far, what do you see as the personality, the uh, development of the identity of the SEC? Uh, is it more well-rounded? Is it um, more in parity in the league? I think college football in general in this league, um, every Saturday is its own entity. And um, your preparation, um, a play here or there that, you know, turns the, the momentum in the football game a little bit, it, uh, it's fine lines, man. So um, you got to show up. You got to be prepared. You got to have great competitive spirit. You got to play extremely hard. And you got to do the ordinary things at a really high level in this league and across college football. You know, <clears throat> there's a, a ton of parity, and when I say that, the the separation is, is really thin. So you got to be on the right side of it. Josh, how are you seeing Elijah grow these last couple of weeks in terms of trusting what he's seeing and, and just diagnosing things from that linebacker about position? Elijah Heron? Yes, Elijah Heron. Yeah, it just continues. Uh, a guy that you know played a lot of football for us on special teams a year ago has continued to develop at the linebacker position when he first got here. Uh, you know, in high school he played on the on the first level, so uh, he's continued to progress with uh, his ability to have his eyes in the right spot, see pullers. Um, get to the right gap and um, continue to do a better job in, of tackling. He's violent, he's disruptive, he cares, he practices hard, uh, he's got the right makeup. I know Joe went back in the game after the, the knee injury the other day. Uh, you thought he was fine, he said he was fine after the game. Did anything change injury-wise over the last 48 hours? Yeah, I can't believe it took this long to get that question. So. Uh, he, uh, you know, for us, I know there's a picture out there, um, but uh, uh, for us, routinely on Sundays, we're going to make sure that our players are, are healthy. Um, you know, we have a di diagnosis in, inside and uh, with our doctors, but uh, we're going to make sure that medically they, they check up on them as well. And uh, Joe's been good, feels good. Uh, he was with us today, so anticipate him being ready to go play really well. First, uh, first night game at home. Can you speak to the importance of the crowd Saturday night? Yeah, home field advantage uh, matters. Uh, we need energy, momentum. I uh, need to make it extremely difficult for them to communicate. And, um, you know, for us, uh, our fans need to be a huge part of this football game. They have been uh, every Saturday that I've, I've been here. I uh, can't wait. Uh, expect to be a lot more boats tied up on the river this week and, and uh, expect ball walk to be electric and cannot wait for, uh, for the noise and, and the energy inside of the stadium. Uh, Rattlers completing about 71% of his passes right now. What challenges does that give your secondary on Saturday? He's played a bunch of football. Uh, he understands coverages, sees rotations. Uh, you know, He takes himself to the right spot based on the coverage and the beaters that they have up on their schemes. Uh, he's got the ability to extend and make plays with his feet. He's accurate with the football. you got to do a great job. Um, you got to control the line of scrimmage. you got to apply pressure to him. You can't let him out of the pocket at the same time. Uh, when, they, when he does scramble, you got to match the, the personnel out in space. Uh, he created a bunch of big plays against us last year outside of the pocket. Um, he's a really good football player. That, that poses a problem. Uh, we got to do a really good job up front and on the uh, second and third levels in our, in our coverage. Josh, I know by, by design you wanted to get those young receivers in early in the game, and they ended up yeah. playing a bunch of snaps because of, of injuries. Yeah. How did they perform in, in 
kind of where is your confidence and belief in those guys after seeing them with that extensive yeah, work on Saturday? Saturday was a great opportunity for those guys to get more reps than, than they had uh, early in the season. Um, you know, I think I said it last week that we had planned on, on playing those guys some more. Um, I really like what they did. Uh, there's, you know, a little bit where we can be a little bit better between quarterback and, and wide receiver on, on some of the downfield passing. We're close on it. We got to go hit those things this week. Um, but uh, I like what they did. Competitive, uh, played with fundamentals and technique, played hard. Two questions. How do you size up the way your special teams has played so far, and how, what do you see from South Carolina special teams? Yeah, um, you know, special teams, uh, like some of the things I was talking offensively, uh, you can't do the things that hurt you that, that change the field possession, change the momentum of the football game. Uh, we got to clean up a couple of those things that everybody saw on Saturday. At the same time, uh, we're playing extremely hard, playing with great fundamentals. Uh, I like some of our eye discipline in it, um, so there's some real positives, too. Special teams, uh, they're aggressive. Um, you know, you're going to see fakes. You're going to see uh, them try to create uh, an extra possession uh, on special teams. Uh, their cover units are, are really solid. we got to do a really good job uh, on, in that phase of the game this week. South Carolina defensively, kind of what stands out about that group? Uh, physical, um, you know, their safeties are heavily active in, in the run game. Um, you know, a year ago they hurt us uh, in some of our protections as well, uh, defeated us in some one-on-one -on -one situations. Big, strong, physical, um, you know, long at corner. Um, they're playing good defense. Coach, uh, just Dylan Sampson on Saturday, looking at it on film, what impressed you? And as, as a former player, when a guy, you know, I'm sure Dylan had to be frustrated after not playing at Florida. Yeah. When a player comes back and does what he does, yeah, Dylan, did, Dylan, does that impress you? Dylan's a great teammate in here, and, and yeah, he wanted more touches for sure uh, the previous week. And, and um, you know, for whatever reason, we just didn't get that done. But um, he's the same guy inside of the building and, and competitive and cares and, and um, embraces every role that, uh, that we put him in. He competes for those roles, too. Um, but he's dynamic, and, uh, you know, the things that he does at the line of scrimmage that are real subtle, pressing, you know, the aiming points, delivering a center guard, guard tackle, combination to the second level, being able to feel things that are happening on the backside of the run when it's fast flow over the top to be able to come out the backside. Uh, those are all really special. Everybody sees, you know, his gift when he gets to the third level, make people miss the ability and speed. Uh, to take it the distance, but it's the things that he does early in the run that uh, give him the ability to get to that spot. Josh used reference multiple times, obviously, line of scrimmage game as it is in this league every week. Yeah. How do you characterize your play of your offensive line to this point? Yeah, some really good things. Um, some of the efficiency in the run game. Um, you know, there's been times where we've pass protected extremely well, too. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, we got to continue to get better in that area, uh, keep the quarterback clean, and be able to make some plays down the football field. Hey, coach. Thanks, everybody. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. 
Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9222. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7, and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about, but the hunger crisis in Southern Middle Tennessee is not one of them. Join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed neighbors in need. September 26th and 27th, right here on Front Porch Radio. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. You can also provide hope to the hungry right now at thewelloutreach.org. Save-A-Lot Foods, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot food stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. I know it's uh, another week. You got some more great bargains for us, so let's hear what you got. All righty. Well, this week we have ribeye steak, $6.99 a pound. Jumbo russet potato, eight-pound bags, $4.99 each. Green cabbage, $0.49 cents a pound. Crystal geyser, 32-pack water, three for 12. And Coca-Cola, 12-pack, $5.99. And uh, these sales run through, what, next Tuesday, I believe? Yeah, next Tuesday. All right, fantastic. And as always, you guys are open seven days a week, and you're open 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there by where the post office is. So if anybody's out there looking for some great deals, I'll tell you, check out Foodland. You cannot go wrong. Miles, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate you talking to us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson. We just got done talking to Go check them out at Foodland. They got some fantastic deals. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we welcome you back. Tony Basilio's show, Monday edition. Uh, sorry for the brief interruption there, but I always like to uh, hear what Coach Heupel has to say uh going into especially uh, a key SEC game like the one we have ahead. Uh, uh, the two things that stuck out to me, uh, they don't seem to have any concerns about Joe Milton's injury. And uh, the other is he mentioned what Drew did about the importance of the crowd um, on Saturday night. Uh, I, I'll say this for the ball nation. Um, if the crowd can determine the outcome of a game, uh, South Carolina's in trouble because Tennessee fans will be ready on Saturday night after what happened in Columbia last year. Uh, if we can determine the outcome, uh, they're in trouble. 865-205-402. Brian, uh, your thoughts real quick on what you heard. Well, just a uh, typical hypopressor. Nothing really earth-shattering that he says. Just uh, got a big game and it's sort of one of those that's going to determine whether or not I think they're focused. I think they'll come in 
and have a purpose, and I believe I believe they'll be able to take care of some business. Blake Sean is uh, attending to a patient right now. He'll probably jump back in with us before uh, we expire here. Let's go to the phones and get W. Lynn in here. Hello, W. Lynn. W. How are my friends compatriots doing today? Hey, W. Lynn. We're blessed, W. Lynn. Hope you are as well. Yeah, y'all are doing a great job. And uh, I tell you what, I, this South Carolina game is the most important game of the year. I mean, it's must win. And the part about the crowd, we have got to be as loud as we were for the Alabama game. And we can do that. That That's what I'm saying. The crowd has got to be, you know, I always say they got to be the 12th man. They really have to do it this Saturday, guys. I almost, uh, it's, I don't remember occasion when the crowd didn't, didn't rise to the, uh, to the event, uh, WLN. If, uh, if we're, we're going to be there for them. If, if Tennessee plays well, uh, and, uh, the, the crowd, the, the crowd will be there for sure. Um, I know I'm ready for this game. Absolutely. I've been pointing toward this game. Oh, yeah, and I, what I've seen so far is anybody in the SEC can beat anybody else in the SEC if, you know, one's having a good day and, like, Georgia had a bad day and struggled against South Carolina. So, you know, nobody's playing lights out. Would you all agree or what do you think? Oh, I, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a great team in America. Uh, let alone in in the SEC, I I think right now Georgia's still uh, the uh, a, a cut above everyone else. Um, I'll uh, I'll judge them when they're truly challenged, um, which may not be until toward the end of the year. Uh, last year when they were challenged, they absolutely raised their level of play above what anyone else could play. Yeah, they did do that. I think and, they. Uh, did pretty good the other night against UAB. I think they had to. They wanted to bounce back, despite winning. Yeah, they're they're the best, no doubt. But uh, once again, I did my playoff. If the playoff was this week, there'd only be one SEC team in it, and that's Georgia. If you can believe that. Out well, of twelve teamer. Yeah. Yeah, out of twelve, the Pac twelve's got four in. You know the Pac twelve. The Pac-12 was like the new outgoing SEC. I mean, I don't. I think maybe the best quarterback in the SEC may not even be in the top five in the Pac-12 or top half of the Pac-12. I, I believe I read today, Brian, where the Pac-12 has four top ten teams for the first time in conference history, and they're imploding the thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard to believe, really. Yeah, look, and I'm going by the I'm going by the AP poll. They're a little bit different, some of them, but. Uh, the funniest thing for me in the AP poll, Alabama's 12th this week. They would get bumped out by Group of Five automatic qualifier Fresno State. How do you think that, that those fans would react if that really happened? Uh, I'd say that they'd burn it down, and everyone else would be celebrating. And we'd probably expand the playoff the next year. Or something. Oh yeah, you, but, uh, you're 16 automatically after that, WLM. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Notre Dame or Alabama get left at the altar. Uh, it's getting expanded. I couldn't decide who to pull for the Notre Dame Ohio State game. I mean, what do y'all think about it? Who who to pull for? Uh, yeah, I was glad when it was tied. 
Yeah, me too. But uh, y'all are doing a, a, a great show. I think our team's fine. We got to get behind them. And Crab, this is a must win. We got to get this one Saturday night, guys. Take care. Appreciate you, John. W. Lynn. 865-205-402. Great to get you on there. Got about 10 minutes left in the show, so jump right yeah. on here with us. Bean, it seems Brian. like when the fan base feels like they they have a back to the wall and we have all these folks kind of being naysaying, that's when the program historically comes out and plays one of their better games. One thing I'll remember is the Georgia game one year where it looked like that was a must-win game for Fulmer in a – pivotal point of the season and it was after of course a loss in Gainesville and they played probably their best game of the year against Georgia came out and kind of blew them out so could you see a similar thing Saturday maybe absolutely Uh, um, the last thing I'm worried about this week is the atmosphere Brian the atmosphere will absolutely be there it's just up to the team to respond to it the way we need them to respond to it and hopefully we can somehow rattle South Carolina. Uh, that's uh, but the, the atmosphere. I'll tell you, the atmosphere's been outstanding for Austin P and UTSA. I mean, and those are mail it in games. Uh, so the, I, I I have no doubt about what it's going to be like. Uh, Sean's back with us. Sean, uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity to hear um, uh, Coach Apple, but. Uh, wasn't a great deal that came out of it that was unexpected. A uh, couple of things he did say was that uh, was that Joe appeared to be in in fine shape, no problem. He expected him to play and play well, uh, and he he kind of uh, uh, asked the crowd to uh, to be in it on Saturday night that they needed us and said uh, the entire time he's been here they've been they've been there for him. So uh, he expects the same thing. In yeah, yeah. I thought I, things I pick up from him real quick is that uh, um, he acknowledges something. Like he said, um, special teams uh, plays that we all saw. So I don't. It's the first time I remember a coach not talking down or trying to tell you you didn't see something or try to misdirect. Uh, but he, but while doing that, he does not um, throw the kids under the bus. Uh, and and I can appreciate that because there's. We're not tricked by our by our eyes. We see what we see, um, uh, but um, I like the way he handles that. You can tell. Well, it, it, my perception is that uh, some of the things going on are frustrating him, um, and that he's working through it. And uh, he wishes his offense was a bit smoother. But I don't. I've never seen. I don't think he blames any one person. I think it's. Uh, it's the collective, and it's just not as smooth as they'd like it to be. I agree with you, Sean. I really like the way that he handles news conferences. Uh, so uh, he's uh, – he, I think you said it perfectly. He gets frustrated about things, but he doesn't throw his kids under the bus, and he never tells us that we didn't see what we saw. I haven't heard him do that one time. I haven't heard him do that one time. All right, we're going to go back to the phones to get uh, Tennessee Lee in here. Hello, Lee. Hey, Lino, what's up, brother? Hey, Lee, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing doing really well, man, really well. I, I would be doing better. I really need Brian's Jags to figure it out and, and not lose by 20 to the Texans again. 
Well, don't hold your breath. They save their worst performances every year for that team, and I, I can't figure that out. It's a tradition. Uh, uh, it was so bad. It was so bad. I can't, this is not right. I know don't. I know they're better than what they showed yesterday, but still. Like, I hope. Um. Uh, I was just going to say, my world, Brian, what used to be the Colts and the Jaguars. It used to be always this way, <laughs> so I'm back there. Well, I, I, I think it's everybody's world in the AFC South this year. I mean, I, that, it's so bad. I don't, nobody, nobody's going to want to win that division. But um, as far as Tennessee goes, I, I really do think, like, I think they're going to be fine this week. Um, I've had so many DMs of people asking about that line, and everybody's reaction is like, it's just too high. And it's it's what it is for a reason. Like, South Carolina is not good, people. Like, that. listen, I, I was probably as down on Tennessee in the summer than probably most anybody. And I feel like I've been pretty spot on with the way that I saw the, the team showing, but if they lose to South Carolina, this team's got much bigger problems than even I thought they had. Um, but I don't think they're going to have any issues this week, guys. Like, South Carolina is not good. Um, Mississippi State made them look a whole lot better on Saturday than they really are. So, I, I just, I think South Carolina's walking into a hornet's nest on Saturday and, and they're going <laughs> to, they're going to get destroyed. That's just. Well, Lee, I've, I've, uh, um, I thought all along uh, that this two-game stretch uh, was going to go a long way to determine what type of season Tennessee had. I think once we get through South Carolina and get through Texas A&M, that's the mirror on the wall. What you see reflected back at you is who you are after those two football games. And I think that's right. I, I think the A&M game is, is just such a huge swing game. Uh, to me, that's, that, that's the game that can really send your season one direction or the other. Um, I, I think it'll be a much, much tougher game than South Carolina will, though. Um, but, I mean, I, I was encouraged with, with what I saw on Saturday with them. Um, I mean, I know it's just UTSA, but it, it is important to show that you can bounce back and, and put the Florida game behind you. Um, and, and they came out strong, and they did. I know the second half wasn't what people wanted to see, but, um, I mean, I was encouraged with what I saw from them. So, I mean, but... Overall, it was a real good football weekend. Um, I enjoyed everything until Josh McDaniels last night. I don't know if anybody watched that. Um, I'm still waiting for somebody to try to explain this to me. I'll kick in a field goal down eight points with uh, two minutes. Yeah, to go, I, I don't. Sense. I don't understand. <laughs> I, hey, Lee, we're going to go to some other callers, but I, I fire him into I the sun, right, Lee? <laughs> I uh, guess. I, I don't I understand know. that either, Lee. I, I don't. You're you're down there. You go for that. You're eight points down. You go for the touchdown down there, and then if you, you don't get it, you got them pinned back, and you try to score again. You don't try to kick a field goal and get the ball back. That's just crazy. Hey, I love you guys. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate you. Let's get Daddy Joe in here. Hello, Joe. Well, guys, uh, consistent, consistently inconsistent. Uh, played a great first half, second half. <laughs> left a lot to be desired. Uh, well, the third quarter certainly did, Joe. Uh, yeah. thought they were better in the fourth quarter again, but, uh, the third quarter certainly, uh, brought some questions back up. Uh, really good first half, good fourth quarter. Uh, third quarter was, uh, sleepwalking. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I, I'm sort of like the, the good doctor. I think every game's in play for the rest of the season uh, because the conference is just really not very good, except for maybe maybe Georgia. And I'm not so certain that they're that good. Uh, I think I think everybody I think everybody can be had at some point, except maybe if you play my dear Commodores. They seem to they seem to be as inept as could be. They had a chance to win Saturday and let it get away from them. And uh, but uh, hey. You guys, you guys have got a. It, it, I think Saturday's going to be a really interesting football game for you guys. I really do. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Joe, I, Joe, I wanted to ask. I'm sorry, Joe. I wanted to ask. I'm not. I'm not buying this Clark Lee stuff. What? What am I missing? I mean, I have nothing against him. Uh, I have no. I have no animosity towards Vanderbilt. I. I. I felt more confident. Uh, certainly with Franklin. And quite frankly, with Mason than this guy, am I missing something? Uh, I, th- I think uh, the jury's still out on Clark Lee. Derek Mason was a train wreck. Okay. I mean, he ha- he had Tennessee's number. Uh, granted, after the first year, uh, but for whatever reason, I don't know why, but he did for the most part. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Lee has recruited well. I think the key there has been, uh, Barton Simmons, uh, targeting kids. Uh, I, and if they can hold on to the recruiting class this year, they, I think you'll see some strides next year, maybe, if they can retain kids. I think the biggest thing they've got to worry about is people coming in and poaching their kids through NIL. So, guys, good luck Saturday against South Carolina. Hey, Joe, we appreciate the call always. Appreciate all the callers today. Sean, really appreciate you jumping on with us uh, uh, in the midst of your work day. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about, but the hunger crisis in Southern Middle Tennessee is not one of them. You can join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed our neighbors in need. Kids, moms, and dads, and grandparents with nothing to eat. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. Give hope to the hungry right now. Thewelloutreach.org. Thewelloutreach.org. 
Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. Want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.